I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with our Fulham season review, uh, joined, of course, by Russ. You can find on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman. He's also the host of Cottage Talk and many other sports-based things. Be sure to go check him out. It's all on that Twitter page that I mentioned previously. Russ, unfortunately, the season did not pan out the way that you or any Fulham Fulham fan would have been hoping, let alone expecting. Um, Just just didn't work out. Multiple managerial changes. We'll get to that in a second. But on the whole, uh, what did you make of Fulham's season in the Premier League? Hugely disappointing. It's funny because uh, I was at Wembley last year. It's been almost a year now. For that playoff final. And uh, after going through that and how excited I was leaving Wembley Stadium, I never would have imagined that uh, it would end up with relegation one year later. In, in fact, I was so confident that it never really even registered with me. It should because it's the Premier League. It's the best league in the world, I think. And not that I was disrespecting it. I was just thinking that Fulham had more than enough to stay in the league and actually be comfortable in the league because I knew that the ownership would invest and would invest heavily, which they did. And I felt confident that we would be in a similar situation that Wolves were in. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, it must be even more painful to see a a club like Wolves do as well as they did, especially, as you say, with, with that kind of being the expectations for Fulham on the season. Uh, On the, on the whole, could you give it a letter grade other than an F? No, uh, I can't. And in, in fact, uh, I was uh, doing a, a weekly blurb for the uh, Daily Mail, and they asked me the same thing, and I gave them an F. And I, I can't give it anything above an F because it's a failure. When you spend the amount of money that they did and the expectations and the ambition that they have and you – get relegated as quickly as they did too. Again, this wasn't a, a, a last week situation that this happened fairly early on as we have seen, you know, and again, uh, it was about five or six weeks to go. I mean, that to me is a failure and uh, I can't give it, a, I, I can't give it a D. I can't even give it a D minus. It has to be an F. Yeah, it, it seems, it seems harsh in theory, but in practicality, there's just really no other answer there. Um, despite the the failure on the whole, uh, there were still some positive individual performances, though it doesn't count for much in the end. Who would you say right. were Fulham's player and young player of the season? I would say Fulham's player of the season was Callum Chambers. Ironically, Callum Chambers is a lone player, so he'll be going back to Arsenal. But where he started and where he ended up 
is massive because, uh, again, he started off, we're thinking he's going to be one of the uh, two center backs, and eventually he got moved to a defensive midfielder role, made it his own, and really thrived in that position. So for me, when I look at all the players, he's the one that stands out. I would say you could also mention Mitrovic because of the goals that he scored. But for me, coming from where Chambers started and where he ended, for me, it's Callum Chambers. Young player, it's a tough one because when you look at it, the one name that stands out would be Ryan Sessegnon, but he did not have a good season. He did, did not adjust well to the Premier League. So it's difficult to really look at him because he really is the standout uh, young player for Fulham. Uh, so if I'm going to say someone else, I mean, I really cannot at this point give a young player because it would be him. Yeah, still, what, what, did he lead you in assists or he was just up there? He might have been, but... But it wasn't enough, obviously. No, it wasn't It wasn't enough. And what was funny about Ryan, and, and Ryan, I think, has the potential to be one of the greats in the Premier League. I, I truly believe that. This isn't about his potential, because his potential, I think, is limitless. I look at someone like Raheem Sterling, and I think he will have that type of career eventually. Wow. But it's going to take time. What I've noticed watching him is that there were all these almost moments, almost scored a goal, almost did this, yeah. almost did that. And I think a lot of that has to do with youth. He could do it in the championship because the players were not at the Premier League level. He could make the mistakes and then recover or be able to make that perfect pass because a player wouldn't be there because they, they were just not that caliber of a player. Mm. I also and, felt like communication was a big issue with this Fulham yeah. team for a lot of the year. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. Listen, Ryan Sessegnon is not the problem last season with, with Fulham Football Club. It was a team problem. Bad chemistry, bad communication all the way around. There was no identity, Kevin. If I had to put it on one word for the failure, it would be actually two words, no identity. Yeah, and that did reverberate through even throughout different tenures. But again, we'll get to that in a second. Um, again, disappointing on the whole, but surely there must have been high points. What would you say was the best moment for Fulham uh, this season? Boy, I, I have to go back and think about this. I'm going to go to a match early on, which actually gave me a great deal of hope. It was at Craven Cottage. It was against Burnley. And mm. coming out of that match in the summer, I thought, okay, Everything's about to click because they looked really good against Burnley. Things were flowing well, and I had high hopes coming out of that match. In fact, I will also tell you, there's several potential goals of the season, but one that came out of that match that stands out to me would be Jean-Michael Serri's goal. And uh, unfortunately, we have to go all the way back to last summer to really give you the match that stands out the most for me. It meant something because it, at that point, I was thinking, here we go. And it just it, it never. It was a sign of promise. It, I thought that was a sign of, absolutely a sign of promise. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. It, it, it's There were multiple false dawns for Fulham. It definitely seemed like the Ranieri signing. Um, but yep. again, <laughs> just keep foreshadowing future things. Um <laughs> 
it happens to the best of us, I suppose. Um, you brought up uh, Sari there. Obviously, we just talked about Cessnion. There will obviously be a lot of departures this summer yep. of players. Who were you most disappointed in this year? I would have to say Sari. I think that is, is the first name that comes to mind. I mean, this because is a player that was linked with Barcelona the summer right. before last. That's right. And when we got him, it was such a coup to get Jean- – Jean-Michael Sarri was linked, like you said, to Barcelona. I believe he was linked to Tottenham. Yeah, to Liverpool briefly. Liverpool, yeah. a bunch of teams. So you knew coming in that he had the reputation. And you're thinking you're just going to slot him in as a creative central midfielder and everything would flow from there. And again, it goes back – to that Burnley match where I saw the potential. Even, I believe I saw it in the Crystal Palace match, the first match. You saw what you hoped you would see the entire season. You saw the player that Barcelona were after. And it never materialized after that. But as we're learning, it's not just Jean-Michael Serri that was the cause of Fulham's problem. It really was a team failure. But he was a part of it. And uh, he did not live up to the reputation that he had coming to Fulham. It just didn't work out. Another player I, I have to mention, even though he scored a decent amount of goals, is Andre Sherla. Andre Sherla, yeah, he when we got Andre Sherla, what? He cooled significantly over the He season. did. He did. The, pro- the problem with him is he's simply a luxury player and someone that can score goals and can be, I guess you could say, effective in his role, the problem was that he was not a player that you would call a team player. He was basically doing it by himself, you know, and he would score those goals. And I'm not saying that he didn't care about Fulham Football Club, but I didn't see him in a team concept. And uh, it just didn't work out in that way. He didn't fit into what Fulham needed at that point. It sounded good. Again, all these players that we're talking about, they all sounded good. It just didn't come off. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, it ended up being a very strange season indeed. Part of that, of course, being having three managers in a season again, something that you did the last time you were in the Premier League and went back down. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on which one was best. If you could rank them one, two, three for how they performed with Fulham this season, we'd be curious to get that from you. I would, boy, I would have to put Scott Parker at the top. But hmm. That's interesting because I know at the time you weren't very excited about his permanent appointment. Well, we can talk about that in a second if you like. Um, but yeah. I will just say this, that Scott Parker, out of the three managers, has done the best. The caveat to this is that 
that really the team started to gel when they were already relegated. It, it was already done by that point. But I think he got his philosophy in. I think it just took time to really gel. So I would have to put Scott Parker as being the most effective. And then I would have to put Jokanovic. And that sounds weird to say because he had such a losing streak. But I thought the potential was there. I thought the ultimate failure was Ranieri. The, you know, and again, I think that is one of the mistakes of the season was making the move from Jokanovic to Ranieri. Because Ranieri never had the players to play the way that he wanted to play. This is on ownership. This is on, the uh, again, the board, everyone involved with Fulham Football Club for making the decision to go to a manager who had such a completely different style from Jokanovic was a massive mistake. I thought at the time that the decision to go to Ranieri could be the the path to relegation. And I ended up being right because it just didn't, he didn't have the players, Kevin, to play his style, play his counterattacking style. It just mm. didn't work. Yeah. And so, it is worth noting that when Yukonovich was sacked, you were against that at the time as well. I was. And, and it's hard to imagine he would have been worse <laughs> than what Ranieri was uh, in his <laughs> yeah. time there. So yeah, that's, that's your three then. Um, yep. So yeah, you mentioned you could get a little bit more into Scotty Parker at the time. Yep. It didn't seem like you were particularly impressed, but then you do go on that kind of winning streak again, as you mentioned, as soon as it didn't matter, but it was still promising, right. although kind of a sour note in match week 38. Yes. Yes, very much so. And what's my conundrum with this whole situation with Scott Parker is uh, I, I've been very vocal on this, and I'll just share this with you. I am happy that he has been able to be successful in the short period of time to, again, get those victories for Fulham. I know it didn't matter, but, again, he, he brought the team together. The players were buying in, and that was all great. The problem is you can't look at the, you know, again, these victories without looking at some of the failures that went on the other side of it. There were two matches that really mattered, and I thought he got out coached in both of them. And that was the Watford match. Uh, again, that was, a, that was a situation where, you know, it was the second half, and he got out coached. Similar situation against Leicester City. And these were matches Fulham needed. And uh, I just thought that this is a young manager learning his trade, and he's just not ready to match wits yet with some of the best managers in the league, in the world. And uh, that's what has kind of held me back a little bit for being all gung-ho about Scott Parker in the championship. In fact, I've taken it to the point I, he did get hired. I wanted Fulham to go after a big name to basically take over. I, You know, it's funny. People were laughing at Fulham with all the speculation with Arsene Wenger. I don't, again, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I wanted them to, to be that ambitious, to go after a proven manager. It didn't have to be Wenger, but someone that actually you felt confident going into it could do the job. I also felt confident about Yukonovich because he already had that track record. We don't have that with Scott Parker. And I'm not sure how this is all going to play out in the championship. There's a big part of me that thinks that, that they should be able to come straight back up. But 
the big factor is going to be the manager or head coach, as he's known as Scott Parker. What's going to happen when he has to match wits with some of these managers in the championship? Will he be able to adjust? You know, it's funny because I watched a match with uh, Frank Lampard because Frank Lampard, first time manager, Frank Lampard did something in the uh, a playoff semifinal. He adjusted and made changes for his team, Darby County. And they, again, for me, I want to give Frank Lampard all the credit in the world because he he was able to make the changes they needed to get that victory. And now they're in the playoff final. That's my hope for Scott Parker. I just don't know because of his lack of experience if that was the route to go. Fulham decided to go that route, that's fine. I will support Scott Parker. But I'm not going to pretend and tell you that I did not want Fulham to go after someone like a Wenger. I'm going to throw out this name like a Mourinho. Mm. I wanted them to at least explore a proven manager because I want Fulham to come straight back up. They have the talent to. And I think it's, again, is it a risk? Is it safe to go with Scott Parker? That's something we've been talking about on, on Cottage Talk. Because it might be a little bit of both. It's a safe pick because the players have bought in. He's already there. But it's a risk as well because he does not have the track record and the uh, experience to be a, you know to, to come into a very difficult league, which is the championship. So Yeah, we'll definitely see how he does serve long term. And the championship, as you said, was a good cutting ground for for Frank Lampard. So hopefully it can be the same for Scott Parker, as you know. I hope so. Big big fan of Parker from his uh, time at Tottenham. Um, Unfortunately, I have a personal question to ask regarding this, which is, well, on the whole, potential outgoings. I'm sure there's some players with contracts that had relegation clauses, some that didn't. Um, and then in particular, Sessegnon obviously being linked to staying in the yep. Premier League, which probably isn't a surprise. It also probably isn't a surprise that it'll probably be us considering our long-standing interest in him. Just what do you How think of the potential now? outcomes? Like five now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is just my thoughts on this because he's linked to Tottenham. He's been linked to other teams in the last couple of days. And again, for me, this is just me. I'm throwing it out there, Kevin. I could be wrong. I think a lot of this is agent speak, you know. St- yeah, it all comes from sparking. Somewhere. Yeah, it's coming from it's coming from someone's agent. It doesn't necessarily even need to be Sassanian's agent. It's coming from someone because that's how a lot of this gets going. Let's be honest. A lot of speculation, I truly believe, comes from agents. And uh, this is a situation where I actually think that there's something to it because of the longstanding link with Tottenham. If you're asking me, I would venture to guess that Tottenham would be his uh, his landing spot. And if that's the case, so be it. But I will say this. If he does end up going to Tottenham, I hope Tottenham are smart and they loan him back to Fulham because mm. he's not ready to start yeah. for Tottenham next year. And the worst thing, and I mean the worst thing, would be for him to be a bench player under Pochettino. I know that he would get the proper coaching. He would be playing with uh, fantastic players. But for me, he needs to play. He needs to play regularly. He needs to get his confidence back. I think it's in his best interest to stay with Fulham in a loan situation if he was to end up with any team, including Tottenham. Yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, who, who do you view as other potential outgoings? Well, 
I I would say Seri is, and then I would also have to say potentially Mitrovic, but I'm I'm hopeful that they can hold on to Mitro, but but we shall see. Fair enough. And then uh, right before we uh, let you go, unfortunately going to be in the championship next season, but fortunately you know how well you can perform there, having done so quite recently. What are your expectations heading into next season? Well, if, if I'm being truthfully with you, it's funny because I'm, I'm going to be doing a couple of shows about this today. We, we're recording this on Thursday. I'm actually pretty confident that Fulham will have a good shot at coming back up into the Premier League. If they make the right moves, if they get off to a good start, I could see it happening. The X factor is going to be the head coach and how he reacts to the league. If he can react to the league somewhere to we were already talking about Frank Lampard, then Fulham have a good chance. And it also matters who they keep. If, if they keep Mitrovic, I think Fulham have a very good chance of uh, of going straight back up. That, to me, is going to be one to watch. If they can somehow hold on to him. And there's speculation, there's been rumors that he might want to stay. And if that's the mm. case, I think that's a game changer. But we shall see. Yeah, for sure. Mitrovic in the championship, as we saw in his brief loan spell with you, kind of a cheat code there. Um, yep. All right. Well, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. Again, lots of people uh, will need to be heading over to that Fulham channel to hear what you have going <laughs> on. So uh, tell the folks so they can find it. Sure. They can actually fo- first follow me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman. You can also follow the uh, Twitter account for the show, Cottage Talk. It's all together, Cottage Talk. And you can listen to the show in so many different places. The show is called Cottage Talk. It's on Spreaker. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's pretty much wherever you can find a podcast app. It's it's probably going to be there. Not Maybe not everywhere, but it's pretty much everywhere. So <laughs> uh, please do t- check it out. Yeah, and Russ, thanks again for your contributions all season. Sorry it didn't go the way you would have hoped, but best of luck next year. Thanks, Kevin. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.